Hey Property Insiders, I'm Mike Stenhouse and this is the Inside Property Investing Podcast. Today I am sharing my six tips to make you a more productive property investor, gleaned from my experience both in the corporate world and growing our property business and I hope you find some value here today as well. Before we get into that though, let's just take a minute to thank our sponsors. Optimize Accountants are best known throughout the UK as property tax specialists. They have helped dozens of our past guests save thousands of pounds in income tax, VAT and stamp duty land tax. Now, a good accountant isn't just a bookkeeper or someone to submit your tax return. They should effectively become the CFO or financial director of your growing property empire. And at Optimize, the team of specialist accountants and tax advisors do just that, guiding you through every stage of your accounting process. They take a proactive approach throughout the year, researching different tax-saving opportunities suited to your own personal needs, as well as completing a 100-point checklist on your tax return. With unlimited tax consultation calls, all of your accounts work, and access to monthly webinars and their vault of training materials, it is a service that is difficult to beat. To find out more about how Optimize can take care of your tax and accounting needs, visit them at optimizeaccountants.co.uk and schedule a free call to understand how they can help you in your business. Today, I'm sharing some of my favorite productivity tips and hacks that help me get more done in less time. Now, I get asked a lot about work-life balance and how much you should be able to get done in a day, a month, a year. And obviously, it's going to be different for every person depending on your own situation, whether property is your full-time focus or it's over and above a day job. If you've got kids and other family commitments to work around, it'll depend on how passionate you are and how hungry you are to grow a big business versus just creating a bit of a side income. But more than these external factors, I believe so much of it comes down to how much you help yourself to be productive. Now, trust me, I am far from perfect when it comes to always being productive. Part of the beauty of working for yourself is that you can disappear in the afternoon to walk the dogs or go to that quieter gym class at 11 a.m. instead of fighting to get a spot in the 7 a.m. class. We take a lot of holidays and if one of us wakes up feeling like we're in a rut, we'll take a day off to refresh our energy. But whilst I'm not perfectly productive all of the time, I like to think that I'm pretty good at maximizing it when I do need to. If we're going through a busy spell, if there's a deadline looming, or if I'm just in the zone and want to make some real progress. So what I wanted to share today were some of the top productivity tips that I've picked up over the years. Things that I still rely on today to get more stuff done in less time. Whether I picked up the habit at university, in the corporate world, or through working for myself and learning the hard way how quickly your days can disappear if you don't take control of them and have a clear focus. The first thing I'm going to start with is more like a full productivity system or methodology rather than a single process. Now, I'm definitely not taking credit for these ideas. It's probably the best known productivity book in the world, but it opened my eyes to realize that there is a better way to work than waking up every day and firefighting based on whoever or whatever shouts loudest. I am, of course, talking about David Allen's book, Getting Things Done, but rather than recap the whole book, I'll share a few of the the suggestions, sorry, that have stuck with me since I first read it, and I will strongly encourage you to go and get yourself a copy if you haven't read it before. It is, without doubt, one of the simplest but most impactful books that I have ever read, so I'll stick a link in the show notes and you can pick yourself up a copy as well if you are interested in this subject, even in the slightest. 
My first big takeaway from the getting things done approach to productivity is the process of downloading everything from your brain, your inbox, and those 37 to-do lists into a single place. Now, this step takes time, I'm not going to deny that, but I would genuinely recommend spending the next two days of your life doing nothing but getting yourself organized, doing this big download. I absolutely guarantee that the increased productivity you'd have next week will more than make up for those two days that you lose now. The thinking behind this process is that our brains are great at having ideas, but not so much at organizing them. Now, if you're guilty of having overflowing stacks of paper everywhere, an inbox with thousands of unread items, or you lie awake at night as you suddenly remember all of the tasks that you need to get done, then going through this brain dump process is essential. And actually, it's pretty easy. Pull together every scrap of paper lying around the house and the office and grab yourself a notepad. On the notepad, jot down every single project in your life, both business and personal, as well as every important person. So that's family members, investors, contractors, agents, and so on. It's probably best to have one page per project and per person at this stage. For each project and each person, start making a list of every outstanding task you have for them. And I mean literally everything, whether it's ordering carpets for your latest flip or ordering a present for your husband's birthday. These lists will stay with you until a project is done, and in some cases, that could be a very long time. So once the initial brain dump is done, you might want to move them across to a digital version, like Asana, that's what we use, but I find paper helps for that initial brain dump process, just to get those sheets of paper in front of you and start scrawling things down. Now, over the next couple of days, these lists should become literally everything that needs to get done in your whole world, big or small. And with each list, you can start to split up all of your unorganized paperwork into the relevant projects as well. This process alone will genuinely give you a huge sense of freedom, but obviously, unless you stay on top of it and keep organized, you'll quickly end up back where you started. The other section of the book that always stood out to me was the decision-making process, which is broken down into four Ds. Do it, defer it, delegate it, or delete it. For everything on your project lists and every new piece of information you receive from this point on, whether it's your post, email, phone calls, or self-instructed tasks, they should hopefully fit into one of these four Ds. If you can complete the task in less than two minutes, then do it now and get it out of the way. Simple as that, get it off the list before it gets on the list, get the job done, move on and forget about it. If it takes more than two minutes, then it'll fit into one of the other three Ds. My personal favorite is to delete as much as possible and it's something that I'm trying to get better at all the time. If you are anything like me, you will get presented with opportunities fairly regularly, and I hope you could hear the air quotes in my voice around opportunities there. Or you will distract yourself with shiny new pennies. I'm extremely guilty of that as well. Getting distracted and caught up in non-essential projects or someone else's priorities is the quickest way to lose sight of your own goals and end up being nothing but a busy fool. Now, this is tied to having a clear understanding of your own goals and priorities, which is another discussion entirely. But my favorite book title on that subject is Will It Make the Boat Go Faster? It's a book by Olympic rower Ben Hunt Davis. And during the rowing team's progress towards Olympic gold, I think it was back in 2000, they had one question they asked about every part of their training program. Will it make the boat go faster? If the answer was no, it didn't get done. 
and I would suggest a similarly aggressive approach to your own prioritization. If it won't make your own boat go faster, e.g. if it won't get you closer to your own goal now or in the future, then it's not something that you should be spending time on. Be ruthless, send whoever tried to distract you a polite thanks but no thanks, and move on to the next task that will actually take you closer to your own goals. The remaining two Ds are delegate it and defer it. These are for tasks that do need to get done because they do tie into your goals, or in my case, because either HMRC or my wife told me to do it. I've spoken recently about tasks to outsource to a virtual assistant. Basically, if it's essential but not the best use of your time, then try to find a way to delegate it so that it still gets done but doesn't take up more of your time than it needs to. If it can only be done by you and takes more than two minutes, then it gets deferred. Basically, it gets scheduled for some point in the future. This could be with a specific due date when it needs to be completed by, it could be a start date when you can forget about it until that point in time, or maybe it goes on a someday list when there's no real deadline but you want to get to it at some point in the future. With these two steps alone from getting things done, you will notice a huge boost, not just in your productivity, but also your feeling of calm and knowing everything is accounted for and in your progress as you know that you're only working on what is really important to you and your goals. Get organized, stay organized, and be ruthless in the tasks that you will work on. Oh, and go and read Getting Things Done. Like I say, I will make sure I put the link to that in the show notes page, but I highly recommend it. Moving on from that into my own personal tips, the first tip that I'd say is imperative and follows on nicely from getting things done, the whole methodology there, is that you stop using your inbox as your to-do list or any other incoming source of information like whoever happens to phone you that morning or whatever arrives in the post that day. You need to be the master of your priorities and letting your inbox control your next task means that you are not focusing on the most important items. In an ideal world, your inbox should be empty, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on, and every project and task should be listed and managed somewhere else. Now, I mentioned that we use Asana for all of our task management. It could be a paper-based to-do list or some other piece of software like Evernote or OneNote, but this needs to become your Bible. Every task should be organized by project, and it should show the time frame as well, whether there's a specific date that you want that that task to start, a deadline it needs to be completed by, or if there's no real time requirement for it. This makes it ridiculously easy to see where every task of every project is up to at a glance without racking your brains or trawling through piles of paper or emails to see what needs to be done next, or worse still, forgetting all about something important. My second tip is to use this task list bible as the basis for regular reviews of what you're working on. Now, personally, we sit down on a Sunday evening and go through each project to see what we need to or want to do in the following week. We obviously try to be realistic in terms of how much we can actually achieve, allowing for all of the usual distractions. And because we do this at the start of every week, we know that all of the necessary next actions to move each project forward are going to be dealt with. Nothing sits for more than a week without us reviewing it. If this review highlights that there's a lot of urgent or critical tasks to be done that week, we may leave it at that, but in an ideal world, you want as few tasks as possible being left until they are urgent, so that you have plenty of time each week to work on those important tasks that don't have a specific deadline. 
these tend to be the ones that will push your business forward the most. And that could be finding your next deal or creating a plan for raising your next private finance, whatever it might be that's relevant to your business. But the more organized that you are, the less firefighting you'll have to do and the more time you can spend on these tasks to make your own boat go faster. The third tip is to use a calendar app to schedule your day. So each morning we start off by using our shortlist of tasks for that week to see what we can or want to focus on on that specific day. We estimate how long a task will take and if it's more than about 10 to 15 minutes or so, we will block out a specific time in our calendar that day to get it done. We also schedule in everything else that we want to get that done, whether that's a site visit, a trip to the gym, or taking the dogs to the park. It gives us a really clear view of what our day looks like and how we can get the most out of it. If there are any conflicts, they become immediately visible, and if there are any gaps, we can either figure out what else is a priority, or we can decide to knock off early. The great thing about having all of your priorities documented in a single place is that there's no guilt that you've forgotten something. If everything gets done, you're done. Simple as that. You call it a day and relax. Or let's be honest, if you're anything like me, you'll make a head start on the next day because truth be told, when you run your own business, it's never really done. Tip four is another that I think stems from David Allen, but I can't be 100% sure on that. It's a couple of years since I revisited it. And it's about reducing the amount of time you spend checking emails. I am so guilty of picking up my phone to see what's going on. Anything really that's more exciting than whatever I'm currently working on. But it is such a time drain and the exact opposite of what we're trying to achieve here. Along with scheduling your business and personal tasks into your calendar, we also schedule time for email. Once in the morning and once in the afternoon. Outside of those times, we try to avoid it completely unless we're really waiting for something urgent. Each of our two daily email sessions is based around the four Ds. If it can be done in two minutes or less, we deal with it then. If it's not a priority for us, it gets deleted. If one of our team is better placed to deal with it, then we delegate. And if it needs our attention, but it's going to take us more than two minutes, it goes into Asana against the relevant project, ready to be scheduled during our next review session. It's as simple as that, and we should, in theory then, end each email session with a completely empty inbox. Tip five takes that one step further, and along with tip number six, really shows my grumpy antisocial side. Anyway, for tip five, I would suggest turning off all notifications on your phone, even going as far as putting it on airplane mode during your working hours. There is no better way to kill time than constantly refreshing Instagram to see how many likes your latest post has got. I am definitely guilty of this, so rather than try to make myself a better person, which I've tried and failed at multiple times in the past, I just remove the temptation. If I'm working on something important or that requires focus, my phone isn't even in the room. If it's less important, I might have my phone next to me, but all notifications are always turned off and my phone usually goes straight to voicemail. You need to work on your terms and control your time and interrupting your flow to answer someone else's questions on their schedule is not an effective use of your time. Now, obviously I answer some calls from key team members, whether it's Cy working on site, Catherine got an issue with a tenant, our solicitor getting in touch because they're trying to proceed with some conveyancing or mortgage broker, they will typically get answered and obviously any calls from Victoria as well. But 
Beyond that, it goes to my very antisocial voicemail, which suggests the caller's best chance of response is by emailing me instead. And then I can deal with it during my next email review later that day or the next morning. Now, I would love to say, give me a call and listen to my voicemail, but that would involve giving out my number, which kind of defeats the whole point here. But just trust me, it goes something along the lines of, thanks for calling me. Leave me a voicemail if you like. I'm probably not going to get back to it. If you want a response, send me an email and I will get back to you ASAP. Straight to the point, brutal, very grumpy, suits my personality well. You could probably do it in a much politer way, but it works for me and people eventually get used to it. And now I have sort of trained everyone that I work with that if they want a response from me, the best way to do it is to send me an email. Now, some people might say that I'm leaving potential money or opportunities on the table with this antisocial approach, but I have confidence that as long as I execute my own plan, I will achieve the success that I want to achieve. And there is more chance of me doing that without distractions from other people's agendas. There is enough on my plate that I can have everything that I want as long as I deliver that. And like I say, if I'm busy getting distracted by other people's goals and priorities and focuses and their own dreams and aspirations, then that's taking time away from me working on my own game. Finally, tip number six is to keep meetings to an absolute minimum. Again, this is potentially too much insight into my grumpy personality, but I cannot begin to tell you how much time I wasted in the early days trying to set up my business with coffee meetings, lunch meetings, network meetings, group meetings, one-on-one meetings, and on and on and on and on and on. Now, don't get me wrong, sometimes there is nothing as valuable as sitting in a room together with someone to thrash out the details of an agreement, and networking definitely has its place in growing your property business. A few weeks ago, for instance, I jumped on a train from Stockport down to London for a single 30-minute meeting. It was 100% worth the trip, but the meeting was well-planned. The purpose of the meeting was clear, and we knew what we needed to get done in that time frame. My frustration with meetings is that most of them have no clear purpose, and most of them go on for far longer than they need to. I will flat out refuse to meet someone in person unless it is crystal clear what the reason for that meeting is, what exactly they want to get out of it and what I want to get out of it as well. Once I know that, it goes back to a variant of the 4D decision making. If someone's got a quick favor to ask, I'll give them a call next time I'm in the car or walking the dogs. If it's important and the value for both of us is clear, it'll get scheduled at a convenient time. But if someone wants to trade me a coffee for an hour of my time, keeping in mind I don't even drink coffee so that they can download as much knowledge as possible from me in that time, then I'm afraid it's heading to the delete pile. Sure, some of these meetings could become something more down the line and maybe what goes around does come around, but it goes back to what I was saying in tip number five. We should all have a plan for how we are going to achieve the success that we want. And whilst that plan will change and evolve over time, the biggest driver for your success is going to be how well you execute against that plan, not how many chance meetings you take just in case one of them is your silver bullet or golden ticket. Now, I'm not suggesting you need to implement all of these to become more productive, and in fact, if you're even a marginally better human being than I am, then some of them might even come across as downright rude to you. But even adding one or two into your routine can have a massive impact, I promise you. I'm also not suggesting that it's easy to go from unproductive to productive overnight, 
like any habits, they need practice and they will take time to become routine. But when we're talking about a career that could span another 20 to 40 years, it is well worth spending a few weeks or even months now making these habits so that you get the benefits from them long into the future. Hopefully that was helpful. I know that, as I said, you know, these have had a massive impact on my own productivity over the years, both in the corporate world and now growing this property business. So I strongly suggest that if you feel overwhelmed, disorganized, feel like you're not being as effective or productive as possible, spend some time trying to sort that out now rather than just keeping your head down and pushing forwards because you will burn out, it will not be pleasant and in the long run it is not the right thing to do. Productivity sounds like one of these HR hippy dippy buzzwords but it is such an important piece of making sure that you get done what you need to. So don't disregard it. Pay attention to some of these tips that we've shared today. Go and find your own productivity tips. Find out what works for you and make yourself a more productive person. It will be probably one of the most valuable things that you can do in your business. So like I say, I hope you enjoyed this. Good speaking to you as always. And you'll hear from me again on Monday with another interview on the podcast. So I'll speak to you then. said it before and I will probably say it time and time and time and time and time again but I am just so appreciative of you continuing to listen to the podcast. Now I assume you're not doing it out the goodness of your heart, you're doing it because you are enjoying what we're producing and you're getting value from it which is great. Over the years you have supported us with our courses and with our open days and obviously with the podcast as well. We give value, we get value back, that is the way I like the world to work. One thing I would ask all of you to do, though, to really help us achieve our big goal, which is to just reach a much wider audience of aspiring and existing property professionals and investors, is to help us out by sharing our content. The next time you see something on Facebook, I would love it if you'd share it with your audience or in one of the property groups that you are in start a discussion about an interesting interview that you have listened to or an article that we have written or a case study that you have seen or next time you're sat on the tube or at the gym listening to our podcast stick it in your insta story it would mean the absolute world to me please make sure you tag us in it as well because i do like to see who's helping us out who's saying that they're enjoying our content we genuinely pay attention to everyone who is helping us out victoria and i respond to everyone on all the social channels every time we get the chance We really do appreciate it. We appreciate you being here, but I would appreciate it even more if you could help spread the word. Thanks a lot, guys, and I'll speak to you soon.